Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, one of the things that has always been true of Strategic Coach materials is our graphics Mm -hmm. and how clearly the concepts and ideas are explained in print form, Mm -hmm. and particularly in the graphic form. And it's something we don't really talk about, but it's been true since day one. Certainly when I first met you in 1991, it's true now, and especially in the form of the books and all of the fabulous cartoons that Hamish does. And I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about what is the value of having conversations and ideas put not only into words, but also into graphic format. That's something you've been really clear and consistent on since day one. Well, I think the big thing is that, first of all, we live in a graphic age. So if I think about when I was you know, just a child, there were a lot of words <laughs> and there were a lot of sounds, but there weren't a lot of graphics. And what I mean by that right now You've got the internet, which is filled up with graphics and, you know, any kind of graphic. You have YouTube, you have diagrams by the millions. And, you know, TV basically kicked in when I was about eight years old. And all of a sudden, you had an enormous number of graphic images. And now it's overwhelming if you choose to make it overwhelming. And I would say that the mobile devices... I would say that there is much greater use of graphics today, and it's done two things. One is that the quality of these graphics, the craftsmanship, and not only that, the technology which is used to actually put ideas into graphic form are at a very, very high level today, and the use of digital technology to make things vividly colorful and make things move in very imaginative ways is at a very high level compared to what it was when I was a child. But at the same point, because there's so many of them, the overwhelming amount of graphics has actually made things more confusing. It hasn't Mm -hmm. made things clearer. And that there are certain graphic images which still stand out I mean, there's some very famous products where the moment you see the logo, it immediately conjures up an enormous amount of meaning. One of them is Coca-Cola, the logo of Coca-Cola, and then a lot of Disney-related activity. Mickey Mouse is the highest-paid entertainer in the history of the world, (laughs) and they don't even use Mickey Mouse in any of their videos, but when kids go to Disney World any of the Disney worlds or Uh Disneyland, they definitely want to see Mickey. And, you know, these are kids who are six years old now, and they've never seen a Mickey Mouse cartoon, but they know about Mickey. And Disney really protects these. I mean, you can't fool around with any of their characters. You know, there's nursery schools that have put Disney characters on the walls of a nursery school, and within a week, a lawyer from Disney is visiting them and saying, you take those off the walls, that's uh, Disney's property. Well, I actually saw, Dan, to that point, a set of Disney sheets with the images, and the big TM, (laughs) big registered trademark, actually, was on the sheets Oh yeah, on each of the images. And I was like, wow, they are protecting their property, which is really interesting. Yeah, and I, I would say probably one of the most famous, it's a sculpture, but it's actually the image which is globally powerful, is the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. There's all these pictures of the first thing people seen when they 
emigrated from anywhere else in the world that they came to New York Harbor and they were all a gaga to see the Statue mm -hmm. of Liberty. So the big thing about it is that graphics, on the one hand, are always more effective than words. And you can show a diagram and people immediately get something where if you used a thousand words, it would be more probably more confusing. And I have a, an experience, two experiences, that when Babs and I formed the company, which is now the Strategic Coach Program Company, it was 1988, and the very first person who went on our payroll was an artist. And he was 16 years old, mm -hmm. and he stayed with us until he was probably 20 years anyway, he stayed with us. And to me, having an artist who could actually do diagrams, and you have to understand the technology in the 80s was nothing compared to what we have now. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, we made great advances in terms of our computer technology simply because of the growth of skill of this one artist who started with us, Sean Tamblin when he was 16 years old. And it also took us into the Apple world rather than the Windows world right off the bat because Apple right from the beginning went after the artistic world. Mm -hmm. Even today, you wouldn't even think about Windows using a Windows computer if you had the choice of Apple's graphics programs. I'm an artist, and so I, very interesting, I'm a talker, but I didn't actually talk as a child, I'm told. I don't have vivid <laughs> memories here, but until I was two and a half, I didn't really talk. But I drew pictures at like, I was starting to draw pictures at like one years old, and mm. you know, I started drawing right off the bat. And I think the reason is that I see everything graphically. So when I see thoughts, and I see the concepts of the program, I'm seeing them in terms of geographic forms in my mind. Right now, as we're doing this podcast, I'm seeing the relationships between things in my mind, and I'm seeing them in terms of arrows, stars, circles. <laughs> All the geometric forms. Boxes, and a lot of people don't know this because they've come into the program with other coaches, but every single concept in the program, when you get a worksheet, I'm the first one to ever lay out the diagram for that worksheet. Every single strategy circle, impact filter, free days, focus days, buffer days, everything in strategic coach starts with a rough and the drawings are getting rougher and rougher as the artists that we have are getting better and better probably the greatest example is the quarterly books where I work with an artist and he's 1200 miles away from me and we have the zoom technology where he can take the actual layout of two pages and we have the text already, we have the outline of what the text is going to be. And Hamish McDonald, who lives in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, for those of you who are not Canadians, it's way, way, way to the east. And we'll just talk through what's going to be on two pages. And he has the ability in very rough form to actually create on the pages the thoughts that I'm having in my mind about this. And I'll say, no, a little bit to the right there now. And then we have shorthand things like, okay, so this is going to be wallpaper. And wallpaper is where you have a common design in the background. And I'll say, it'll be this type of wallpaper. And then I know when I come back the second time, he will have done the fill-in. And all I have to tell him something what the wallpaper is going to be. There's a very famous artist called Bruegel from the medieval 1500s, 
he has these amazing crowd scenes and riot scenes. And I said, okay, this is kind of a Bruegel on the way to hell situation. So he knows <laughs> it's going to be fiery furnace and it's going to be lots of bad things going on lots and fight, detail. fights going on. And I'll come back the next day and he's got the Bruegel scene already filled in. But we're told, you know, by the readers that having the cartoons in our books has lowered the consumption age from adult down to six-year-old, seven-years-old, eight-years-old. A lot of our clients says now that when they come back from their strategic coach workshop and they have a new quarterly book, they said, oh, I want to see it. I want to see the cartoons. And then the child will go through the cartoons. Can you explain this one to me? Can you explain this one to me? So it just shows you that the earlier you want to communicate to people, use graphics, don't use words, Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And there's something about words. You either nail it or you don't nail it. Ooh, good point. You know, in other words, with words, you can kind of convey the meaning, but with a graphic, you either totally get the idea or you don't get the idea. You know, it's either totally understandable in an instant or it's not terribly you know, understanding. It's kind of vague. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than a vague graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or a meaningless one, I guess, is what that would make it. Really, that's fascinating. So you hired Sean first before you hired anyone else. So talk a little bit. And then we hired a salesperson next. Also good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who hired me. But also you... Were you in advertising before? I was. I worked for actually a big, you know, worldwide agency called BBDO which I don't know what that actually means today, but I was at the Canadian, you know, Toronto office, and this is a worldwide. In those days, it may still be one of the five biggest ad agencies in the world, and they have, you know, they're in many countries, and this was the Toronto, and I was a writer. I'm a good writer, and I'm a good artist. I wouldn't say I'm a great writer, and I'm not a great, great artist. But if you're not depending on either of those to make your living, they're wonderful skills to have if you're doing something else. And the books, I don't write either. You know, a lot of people say, how do you find time to write a book every quarter? And I said, well, the way you find time to write a book every quarter is don't be the writer. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm good at outlining books, and then you interview me, and a lot of people don't know this. And then there are... Editor Kerry Morrison has a brother Adam, and Adam is the writer, and he gets the transcripts from the recordings and he listens to them, and then he writes the copy. And then once we have the copy, then Hamish and I sit down and we take the copy apart and we make the visuals not a complete reproduction of what the written word is, but to kind of convey a bigger or a deeper meaning of what this is all about. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs who try to operate in the print world only, and they are enormously disadvantaged because they don't have an artist, and they don't have to become artists. You can hire artists. I have to tell you, there are more really good artists starving to death on this planet than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, the skill is there. The capability is there. You just have to commit to saying, hey, come in for two hours a week, and I'm just going to talk about my latest ideas, and out of that, I want you to create three really great diagrams of what I'm talking about. Then you take the diagrams and you try it out on someone and say, this is basically what I'm talking. It's a lot easier 
to get a big check out of a diagram than a big check out of a 10-page proposal. Now, that's interesting, Dan. Why is that, do you think? Well, they either get it or they don't get it. And if the first one doesn't get it, you know how to modify the diagram to make it clearer. They said, well, I'm not seeing this and I'm not seeing that. And actually, most people, if you show them a diagram, they'll pick up a pencil. And I said, I'm not understanding what this means. And they actually do an improvement for you. But they'll never take your pages of copy and try to improve your copy. Right. But the other thing is to do with the legal industry. And what I'm finding is that if you are regulated in terms of your communications, for example, the entire financial services industry is regulated Mm -hmm. in terms of what you can put into print. And Mm -hmm. lawyers, I mean, lawyers are designed to prevent your print from actually going out into the marketplace. You know, the purpose of lawyers is to prevent marketing, (laughs) and uh, except for really good lawyers who are good at diagrams. So I said, well, along with your print, you know, you're sending in your print of your marketing, whatever your sales is, just send in a diagram and hands-on that the lawyer will just sign off on the diagram and send it back to you because lawyers don't get paid for looking at pictures. Mm. Lawyers get paid for reading words. And lawyers don't see diagrams. And first of all, you can't really make a promise with a diagram. Okay, you can't actually, all you can do is show relationships. You know, you can show thought processes, you can show action processes, you can show, first we do this, stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. Well, guess what? That's how many stages there are. But you're not making a promise, you're just simply saying, what working with us is going to entail is we do this first, we do that first, and you can add some words to the diagram. But it's very interesting, the Pentagon in Washington, which probably puts out bigger contracts for new things than any other organization on the planet, if you can't present your new idea, whether it's a system or it's a technique or it's a weapon or anything else, if you can't present it in a one-page diagram, you can't go into the room and present I love that. You have to get your thinking so clear that you can show the beginning, the middle, and the end value of what your system is. And I think that that is tremendously, probably they just, uh, that if it's more than one page diagram, it's too complicated. And just so that everyone's aware, and if you haven't yet done this in your workshop, is our whole premise around packaging your unique process. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that you did early on, Dan, is you had eight interlinking arrows, and it went in a clockwise direction, started kind of mid-page, upper right, went down to the the bottom and up to the right. And there was all these arrows, and people would write their stages in for what they did. Because there is a step-by-step way in which people create value. And instead of a 10, 20, 30-page home about what it is, outlaying the steps and the process and the stages gives people enormous confidence. And when people are packaging or naming it, I'm just like, well, so they don't know exactly what you do, but it conveys to them that you know exactly what mm-hmm. you're doing. And there's massive value in that that I think is just underappreciated. For me, it's the one page as someone who likes the bottom line. When I see an overview of the process, it gives me complete confidence that you know what you're doing. Yeah. And the thing is, you can get right into the experience of what's being communicated rather than being hung up by, well, I don't know exactly what this word means. I find people argue over words a thousand times more than they argue over diagrams. Mm-hmm. You know, 
a diagram either gets it or it doesn't get it, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're more lasting, too. A really good diagram will last for decades or centuries. So there's a famous, it's related to President Reagan in the United States. There was an economist called Arthur Laffer, and he created a curve, and he showed the relationship between taxation and the actual tax revenues. And he showed a curve that went up in a upward direction and it reached a point and then it started going backwards. And he said, at this point, if you have tax rates up until this point, you will get maximum revenue, but push the tax point one step beyond this and the revenues start disappearing. It was called the Laffer Curve. And it totally changed the U.S. economy, the economic concepts in the United States. And it was called the Laffer Curve. And people say, well, Laffer Curve, it's not exactly true. But the fact is that there is a point where if your tax rates get certain high, all of a sudden the government revenues will disappear because people will find a way not to get taxed. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. The U.S., about a year after Trump came in, in 2016, they took corporate taxes from 34% to 21%. Well, it's 13%. And then they said, now all you corporations that are parking your money overseas, if you bring it back right now, we'll tax you at 21%. But if you go beyond this deadline, not only are we going to tax it at 34%, we're going to add a penalty to it and $3 trillion immediately came back into the country. And it was basically you could take Laffer's curve and show you what's going to happen to your money if you don't comply. You get a one-year amnesty, and then after that, we're going to really... So for a corporation said, you know, they're dropping the amount of money we have to spend, like 13% on every dollar, they're dropping it down. So is it worth us going through all the you know, the bother with offshore legal firms and accounting firms and trying to find a place to hide it, or why don't we just pay our taxes and get it back into the country? Uh -huh. But if you go back to the Laffer curve, that's just an updated version of the logic of a diagram that was done in 1970s, early 1980s. So there are some diagrams that really, boom, you know, you just get the point. Now, if you put that in a thousand pages, nobody get it, but since it's one page and it's just a few lines, it's actually much more effective. So what I try to do is have a rule that I don't introduce any concept into strategic coach if I can't diagram it first. So. There's no use me going for the words if the picture doesn't do it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So okay. I'll keep working and working and working to get the picture right. And then once I got the picture, then I'll find the words because the words are simply supporting the picture. I love that. I mean, you see graphically. So for someone who does not see graphically, Dan, I'm not sure everyone sees in words either for that matter. But I remember actually sitting at one of our cocktail parties. It was just the start of a 10 times workshop. And I pulled out the napkins on the bar at the restaurant we were in. And I started diagramming some of, I mean, literally this was a pen on a napkin. It was not fancy. And I was diagramming stuff. And, you know, I can do a good imitation of Circle Arrow Star after this many years. And I was just kind of illustrating concept and people afterward were like, um, can I take that? And I was like, seriously? 
And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is really helpful. I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, you'll fortunately get a better version <laughs> soon. But it's fascinating. Like, you don't have to be good at it. I have no artistic ability. I can do Circle Arrow Star, but it's stick figures or the extent of my artistic capability mm -hmm. doesn't matter. When you can convey those relationships, and I think actually that's another thing about graphics. You get relationships between things, yeah. which you cannot do through. You get context. It's yes. actually it's actually context. I was thinking about it. Yes. Actually, my artistic skills have gotten a lot worse <laughs> in the time that I've been at Coach. I can't mm -hmm. do any of the drawings today. If you ask me a drawing that I did 30 years ago, I couldn't do it. I just don't, because I haven't really practiced. But what well, it, you used to spend like days on them. Yeah, but what's increased enormously is the artistic talent that I have around me. And mm -hmm. since I don't consider artwork a unique ability, I consider it a supporting communication ability mm -hmm. that I can actually just sketch things out very, very roughly and they'll come back in perfect form. And so, and it's very, very interesting because my writing skills aren't what they were 30 years either, but my talking skills are way, way beyond what they were. So I don't get paid for artwork. I don't get paid for writing. I get paid for talking. <laughs> and then my talking is especially better when I'm in a conversational. I'm not good just talking by myself. I'm really good. Uh, I'm really good when I'm got an interactive, creative relationship going. In conversation. Yeah. But the whole point is, I tell people, you know, look, you can call the local art school. You got art schools, there are artists listed. But you just go on Google and say, freelance artists in my area. Freelance. Yeah, and hire them for two hours and have them just listen to a conversation where, where you're having with someone else and maybe you have a whiteboard there and you're kind of doing the whiteboard and say, you know, capture everything that I've said here and bring it back in a two or three diagrams and they'll come back. I mean, they'll probably do it right on the spot because that's how good they are. Then take the best of them and say, I'm just gonna test this out on some customers and um, have them be in one of the meetings with the customer and the customer say, well, I don't quite get this, I get this and everything like that. And immediately the artist, being an artist, will immediately see a better version of their artwork. Within a couple of weeks, you'd have a first class diagram. And uh, I tell you, the amount of money that you have to pay that artist, no matter how much it is, is a lot cheaper than having your words being misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so yeah. true. You've always also talked about, you know, put it onto one page, eight and a half by 11, and laminate it. Laminate it, laminate it. People never throw away something that's laminated. At the end of the world, there's only two things that exist, cockroaches and laminations, you know, like that. <laughs> nobody but nobody ever throws away anything that's laminated, you True. know. They'll throw out all their love letters. They'll throw out legal documents. They'll throw out their college diplomas. They'll never throw out something that's laminated. And real shiny laminations get thrown out less than others, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, Dan, you've given some really great practical advice, too. So hire someone, local schools, Elance, some of the other great, amazing crowdsourcing capabilities that are now available to us. Laminated is awesome, 8.5 by 11. Mm -hmm. And describe what's true. Describe the process that you're going to take someone through, and that's a really powerful way to communicate. Yeah, and the one mistake I find is that people will get a beautifully perfect 
design that's really kind of minimalist. You know, it just shows relationships. And then they want to add a whole bunch of copy. Mm. They say, well, I just want to make sure that the... I said, no, 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 that's for talking. (laughs) Have them look at the diagram and then you talk them through. Don't add the words because nothing ruins a diagram like adding a lot of words. It's true. Titles are fine. Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing how much you can I did a diagram showing the westward push of the... United States from 1620 to 2020, basically, you know, I mean, it's basically next year, the first, you know, colony or settlement or community, which actually survived a full year was Jamestown, Virginia, in 1620. And then in 270 years, the frontier in the United States moved from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. And I just showed this movement and that there were two, I think there might have been 200 people who made it through the first winter and by 1890, and that's when the frontier was declared closed in the United States, there were 63 million. And I just showed this diagram and I showed what had happened over that period of time. And everybody said, that's amazing, that's amazing. And it's just a sheet of paper with a map of the outline of the United States, the 48 states. And then I took it across and... It's just little arrows. Just a series of arrows, you know, and I said, you know, you have your own views on whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I want to tell you that's an enormous amount of geographic progress and demographic progress in a very short period of time, and it just showed the whole thing. Now, that could be a 600-page book, which described this, and it wouldn't communicate the amazing speed with which this phenomenal country actually developed in a short period of time, and it was just a diagram. I love it. Yes. Well, and I think your point about context is really key. So make sure you can put it into a diagram. It does provide the context, which is really what people are hungry for and what people buy. Don't overcrowd it with words. Have the most essential ones, but that's it. And use it as a talking platform with all the great talent that's out there. And the other thing is that you'll never get turned down by a lawyer for a diagram because lawyers don't see graphics, they see words. They get paid for the words, they don't get paid for the graphics. Fantastic. Dan, thank you, because I think this is a really great coaching point that a lot of people, as they want to communicate their message in all of the different mediums that you talked about at the beginning, knowing how to do that or have access to how to make that happen is a huge advantage. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.